The South Congress Podcast is a weekly lifestyle show that covers a wide variety of subjects. It occasionally touches on mature ideas and features inspired dialogue and can include suggestive language. In other words, it's not a game over here. Listen, learn, and enjoy. All right, so I want to welcome everybody to the South Congress podcast fan by fan show. I am uh, Cameron, and I'm actually going about it uh, solo this week. Uh, Just really a couple of things I want to catch everybody up on. We have some things that just recently happened and some really cool things that are coming up. So I want to make sure uh, everybody's really in the know about what's been going on. Um, First off, this, uh, this past weekend was the premiere party for the uh, for the web series I'm in uh, called Nick of the Uber Driver. We actually had a premiere party um, uh, toward downtown Austin. It was the uh, the director, the writer, um, all the different actors, everybody who was in the crew, as well as uh, family and friends. We did it at, at the uh, African American Cultural Center, which is uh, kind of right past downtown Austin. If you're uh, if you're headed north. Um, and they have a really cool layout. They have like a couple of art studios. They have a big outdoor patio where we actually set up the the projector and the speakers. So it was uh it was really cool. We uh, took pictures, you know, as a cast, and we did a uh, a Q and A session for everybody in attendance. So it was a lot of fun. Um, the thing that I didn't know about going into it. So well, first off, we get there, and of course, there's vodka. So I'm immediately super excited to be there. Um, but no, they had uh, they had drinks, they had food, got to meet different people in the cast and their family and friends. So it was really fun. Um, you know, after kind of a meet and greet, we got together before we actually showed um, the screening. And we did a kind of a small introduction, let everybody know who we are. Um, there were some questions beforehand about, you know, what went into making it and uh, kind of what the goal was. And the director and producer, I'm sorry, director and our writer, you know, spent a lot of time talking about it. It's kind of their brainchild. And to give you guys a synopsis of um, actually what the series is, uh, it goes like this. Um, NECA, the oldest of uh, three siblings and a Harvard graduate, was on track to follow her mother's dreams and attend medical school and become a doctor. Now she's an Uber driver. And mom's found out. It's over twin siblings. And she comes to terms with being the not quote unquote perfect Nigerian American. Um, she's forced to look on what her true purpose in life may be. Um, Neka is on a journey of discovering her truth and is taking steps toward loving herself. Part of her growth is learning that she has to follow her heart and let go of trying to appease others. So it's a really smart story. Um, you know, I think I kind of came up 
in that in a generation of college students who were, you know, first generation American. And so, you know, there was lofty expectations, you know, kind of placed on them. And whether this is uh, being from uh, different parts of Asia, being different parts of Africa and Europe and, uh, you know, the Middle East, however you figure that in as well, um, there's a different level of pressure, a different level of expectation as far as what you're going to do in college and what you're supposed to do coming out, you know, not just education wise, but, you know, family wise. And it's something that, you know, I actually deal with in my personal life, um, kind of on the relationship side, you know, certain amount of pressure and expectations coming from family. So I could really, you know, get into kind of the heart of what they were doing. So, um, you know, the main actress and uh, writer, uh, Nicolette Zabu, um, she plays NECA and it's directed by uh, Fum Fum Co, who, you know, I was with the two of them the whole time I was shooting. They are smart women, they're funny women, they're creative, um, they know how to make you really feel at home, um, you know, the banter back and forth with Nicolette was just, uh, it was just so natural, like, she knew exactly what she was doing, and I could really play off that, and, uh, you know, Fumi's direction, as far as the different things she wanted, you know, nothing seemed too hard, she's really able to convey exactly what she needed really easy, so, first off, they were great to work with, um, so, you know, we're at the, uh, we're at the premiere and everybody's getting introduced and, you know, Fumi's a little overwhelmed. I know talking to everybody. So we all go through and introduce ourselves and everybody breaks for a while to get um, some more to eat and some more to drink. So then we come out and she starts to introduce the actual scenes. And she's like, is is Cameron here? Like, of course she knows I'm here. I'm standing behind her the whole time. So we got an email a few days before the screening that they were only going to show uh, a couple of scenes. And don't tell us which one. So I'm like, I, I don't know. Maybe they'll show mine. Maybe they won't. So we get there and she's looking for me. She's like, okay, well, Cameron, your scene is one of the ones we're showing. I'm like, oh, man. Like, there are like eight, nine, ten scenes and they're going to show mine to all these people who I've never met. And oh, my God, I'm so nervous now. So we actually, um, you know, they showed uh, kind of the introduction scene, which is her parents or her mother. And Nicolette actually plays her mom's voice too with a real strong, uh, a real strong Nigerian accent. So um, she's talking to her, um, she's talking to her family on the, her, her twin brother and sisters on the phone, and it's just a really funny scene with the mom being um, having a strong personality and having a strong religious background and. The twins kind of having, you know, not wanting a whole lot to do with it. I don't want to give too much away, but it's just done really smart. And then there's this mini scene with her and uh, her name's Evelyn from the Internet. And she's an actress, um, real popular web actress that everybody knew coming into the party. Everybody introduced themselves to her and were so impressed with her. Um, And they have a really cool scene in a grocery store. And it's about, you know, ethnic women and hair. I'll just leave it at that. It was really smart. So... They actually do show my scene, and you know I play um, guy on a date who's really nervous to be on a date, and um, they show it in its entirety from me getting in the car to me not wanting to go to me actually meeting the date to us uh, starting the date. So it was me seeing it for the first time, like come to fruition, um, seeing exactly like how the shots that they chose to take, the lines they chose to keep, because even though we worked off kind of a, a base script, a lot of it was ad lib. So. Being able to see the final form of that uh, was just a really fun experience, and getting applause at the end of school. And we do the uh, the Q and A, and you know we're asking about people's um, inspirations for 
the characters they played, mine was easy. Like I, anybody who knows me, who's listening to this, knows I, one thing I don't do. Like I don't really approach women um, out of a fear of rejection. Now, that's not to say like women scare me as a whole. I just don't approach them because I don't want them to say the wrong thing. So. Yeah, it was it was easy to get into character, at least that aspect, even though it's not something I do outwardly a whole lot. Um, it, the character just made sense. So, yeah, um, it was a great experience um, being around great people. You know, we exchanged some cards. So I'm going to be working on a few different web series um, and I'm, I'm really excited to do it. So actually, you guys can start seeing these things come uh, September 20th. That's going to be uh, the premiere date. And so starting September 20th, uh, every week, a new episode is going to premiere. So super excited to see it. Um, if you want to kind of get in on the ground floor of that, you can actually just uh, go subscribe on YouTube to NECA the Uber driver. And that's N-N-E-K-A, the Uber driver. So, yeah, um, really looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully you guys give, you know. Get a chance to look at it, tell your friends. We get some good feedback on that. But, yeah, that's coming up in a week. You know, I, we shot that uh, early in the summer, late in the spring. So, you know, for it to finally be here, I'm I'm really excited for that to happen. Um, and it was just a great experience. Again, working with great people. It was just uh, a whole lot of fun. So um, we'll uh, stop talking about me for a second. During the... Second season of Flash and also during Preacher, you guys heard me talk a whole lot about Fargo and the people versus O.J. Simpson. Um, I hope some of you got to watch those off my recommendation. I just think, you know, they were just brilliantly done. Um, I'm a big fan of Fargo, the movie, you know, Coen Brothers style, you know, all that. Um, The first season of Fargo, I thought was really good. It played more off of the movie, kind of had a similar aspect. And this uh, the second season. And I've talked about it, you know, ad nauseum. It's kind of still about a small town, um, you know, Minnesota. It touches on, you know, war vets and changing in technology and aliens a little bit and, you know, pursuing the American dream. Just really well done. And then People versus O.J. Simpson. Like, you know, what more do you have to say? It's a dramatic retelling of the O.J. Simpson trial from uh, pretty much start to finish. So... I didn't, don't seem to be the only one who thought these shows were really, really good because they're nominated for so many Emmys. Um, I don't want to go through them all one by one, but I do want to talk about the categories where they're both nominated and kind of how I think that should go. Um, so they're both nominated for writing in a limited series, uh, movie or dramatic special. Now, this is actually done episode per episode. But if I had to go writing on one or the other, I'd probably strongly support the uh, the OJ show. Um, only because you don't really know exactly what was said behind closed doors. Um, but you know the way they told the story, you know, as as funny and as heartfelt and as uh, you know scary at times, you know, as it was, I thought it was really well done. Um, just smart smart dialogue, especially when you're looking at people like, uh, you know, your Robert Kardashians and uh, your Rob Shapiro's. And then, you know, even the way OJ was portrayed, you know, after being able to actually see the ESPN documentary, um, it's just really well done. So, yeah, I'd probably pick OJ over Fargo in that area, at least. Um, now, 
as far as supporting actor in a limited series or movie. Um, there's like a slew of people nominated for from both shows. Um, if I had to pick the two strongest ones from each show, it would be um, Sterling K. Brown from People vs. O.J. Simpson and Bokeem Woodbine from Fargo. So uh, Sterling K. Brown actually plays... Uh, Look, of course, I'm going to lose it. Uh, like, I haven't looked at this thing like a million times. Um, he's going to play, as I lose it, he plays Christopher Darden, um, you know, one of the attorneys on the uh, O.J. Simpson trial. And, you know, not knowing a lot about Chris Darden, especially when you look at the documentaries and how much he didn't want to really be a part of it um, because of, you know, flat out embarrassment from what happened in the trial and kind of wanted to move past that. Um, his character was very heartfelt. He did a really good job of being that impassioned, young, ambitious lawyer. And then, you know, whenever he made those missteps, he was really able to convey those really strongly. I thought he was really good. Um, I would have to pick, you know, Bokeem Woodbine um, from Fargo. And we've talked about this, but, you know, two of my favorite characters in, in fiction were uh, Stringer Bell and uh, Marlo Stanfield from The Wire. And he kind of captures each of those, having kind of that, that street sense and also those book smarts, um, and also kind of being out of his element. Like this this show, uh, Fargo, you know, it's set in, you know, like the, the Minnesotas and the Dakotas in that area, and, um, you know, at times like Kansas City, Missouri, but this is, you know, the mob, for lack of a better way of saying it, and he's this, you know, black guy kind of fish out of water who, you know, quotes a lot of... Uh, American presidents, you know, while he's using his pistol. So I just think the character was a genius. I'd have to go, um, you know, Bokeem Woodbine on that end. I just think, uh, there you go, Mike Milligan. I was going to say, um, you know, Mike McMillan or something bad. But Mike Milligan, um, kind of being the uh, the underboss leader, walking around with the big silent twins and, you know, really being a cowboy. And then, you know, what happens to him at the end of the series is kind of the thing that Stringer Bell kind of wanted on all along in uh in the wire and i'm not sure if that informed the series at all but i just think it was uh you know for me to kind of finally get to see that come to fruition um you know it was just really cool um outside of that you know probably the uh you know the two big ones uh limited actor uh lead actor in a limited series or movie now they weren't both nominated for this, um, but I think it's a big deal. Have to be Courtney B. Vance and People vs. O.J. Simpson playing Johnny Cochran. Just the, uh, you saw a lot of Johnny Cochran because he wanted to be seen during the trial and in the uh, subsequent years. And Courtney B. Vance, you know, great actor in his own right, just did a great job of capturing that, you know, makeup and having that mustache has a lot to do with it. But the stuff with his family to, you know, being with his wife and then the actual courtroom stuff and the things behind the scenes and especially his interactions with guys like Chris Darden, um, just masterfully done. I just think it was so good. And he uh, he deserves all the credit in the world for that. Now, one that uh, that both were nominated for. Uh, lead actress in a limited series or movie. So you have Sarah Paulson, who does a lot of the American Horror Story uh, anthologies as uh, Marsha Clark, and then Kirsten Dunst as the uh, the lead actress in Fargo, as uh, Peggy Bloomquist. Um, you know, Marsha Clark uh, was kind of portrayed in the media as kind of cold and unfeeling and, you know, kind of a tough cookie. 
And I think Sarah Paulson did a great job, especially, you know, having seen her in other roles. You know, I think being that mom and going through a divorce at the time and still wanting to be strong, like in the uh, in the face of the cameras, I, I thought she was genius. Um, Kirsten Dunst. Wow. Um, you know, for somebody who kind of pokes fun at her for her being Mary Jane and Spider-Man, boy, was she good here. Um just, um, you know, her pursuit personally of the American dream and kind of that delusion of not having real responsibility and the woe is me coupled with, um, you know, how she was able to kind of manipulate her husband, you know, along the course of the show. Um, if I had to go one way, it would be Kirsten Dunst. I think you know, she was just genius in Fargo. She's kind of the train that kept everything rolling in that. Um, you know, if you make me go one way, it's Fargo. But if People vs. O.J. Simpson won as the uh, the limited series of the year, you know, you can't go wrong either way. But just uh, just genius shows. Just enjoyed the hell out of both of them. Um, you know, the Emmys being this coming Sunday night, if you get a chance, you know, watch one if you haven't seen the other. If I had to recommend one, I wouldn't because it's kind of about, you know, what you like. If you're more about that, you know, historical fiction, um that's probably going to be closer to OJ because who knows exactly what happened because it's not necessarily nonfiction. If you're more along the lines of historical fantasy, at times Fargo does veer into that, but just a great story told um, in both cases. You know, if you get a chance to binge something between now and Sunday and even after the fact, um, definitely recommend uh, both of those shows so strongly once again. Now, the big news um, that I'm really excited to talk about here. So, I've been planning how to capitalize off of our our views review that Travis and I did at the end of one of our Flash episodes. Um, again, to give you guys kind of perspective, you know, we chose to review Drake's album when it came out. You know, easily said, it's the most popular thing we've done. It, it probably about quadrupled our normal listenership. Um, and, you know, not to toot my own horn, but we got pretty good listenership. But yeah, it about quadrupled it. Um, You know, people were just high on it. Uh, People like to hear us talk about music and put scores on things and review things. So I came up with this idea. Um, It's going to be, you know, myself, um, a couple of guys I know and uh, some young ladies I know. Uh, We're going to get together and have our song and album of the year show. uh, kind of the cool thing about it that I think, you know, I'm trying to do it as scientific as possible now. Um, the criteria may change a bit, but let me let you know um, kind of how it's going to be rolled out. So, each of us are going to pick uh, basically 12 things. We're going to pick our three favorite songs of the year and our three best songs of the year. Now, these things can overlap. I am. You know, for for example, there is a Drake song that I don't particularly like, but what I like and what the numbers say are not necessarily the same thing. So it's a possibility that even if it's not one of my favorites, I would nominate that as one of the songs of the year. Um, Same thing to do with um, the album that we reviewed. I don't necessarily think it's going to make my top three in favorite albums of the year, but... 
it has certain criteria that it meets, they could have it listed as one of the three best albums of the year. So, you know, and my criteria is not going to be the same criteria as the people on the panel. You know, we are different ages. Um, we have different backgrounds. We're from different places, um, different ethnicities, different genders. So there's definitely chances that some of these songs won't overlap now. It's going to be about arguing because, you know, that's what we all do best. But um, any song or album that makes more than one person's list is automatically going to get a buy into a further round. So, again, the goal is to settle on a best song, a best album, a favorite song and a favorite album. I'm sure the favorite's going to be a bit more difficult to do. That's kind of uh, what we want to produce here. So, yeah. um, Now. That sounds like it could just be a normal show. The thing I'm really excited to announce, we are actually going to live stream this on Facebook. So it's going to be, and clear your calendars, it's going to be September the 30th, the evening of uh, September the 30th. So that will be a uh, a Saturday evening. So yeah, um, that's actually, that's going to be um, October the 1st. So that would be a, a Friday evening, but October the 1st is going to be the night that we uh, do our songs of the year, albums of the year live stream. Um, you know, any input you all have during the live stream, um, we'll be more than happy to take that. Um, actually, um, we do want to have kind of a quote-unquote voter component, listener component. So, um, any songs or albums you think should make these lists, um, feel free to um, you know, post on the Facebook fan page. So it's just uh, South Congress with a K on Facebook, or um, you know, tweet me personally. I'm at Seahawk C E E H A W K, or um, the South Congress Twitter. Um, so just South Congress with a K, all one word. Um, again, favorite albums and songs of the year. We're definitely going to take that input. But um, you know, the goal is Saturday night, October the first. We are going to crown winners in both categories. Um, the criteria, just so you guys know, the date range is going to be October the first of 2015 up until. October the 1st of 2016. So any song or album um, within that range. Now, um, we should kind of put something on this. It says, look, even though we're all going to be different, I think the people I've chosen, we generally hover toward the same type of music. So there might be a, a song or a genre that um, isn't represented. We'll definitely you know, entertain it because we are not limited to just those things. But um, yeah, just uh, kind of know that's kind of how it's going to flow. Again, if you've heard me and Travis do the uh, the views review or the Ray Shermer review or even just the music we talk about as these things happen, like on our uh, best of uh, year in review at the end of the year last year. You know, this is kind of going to skew one way. But we're excited to do it again. October the 1st, there is going to be our album and song of the year show uh, made up of a panel of me and uh, me and men and women. Um, different ages, different ethnicities, different backgrounds um, to try to come up with, you know, a consensus as hard as that may be. And, yeah, the liquor is going to be flowing. So, you know, the arguments are probably going to be pretty good. Again, we're going to live stream this um, on Facebook. So, you know, looking forward to it. Um, that's really all I have for this week. Um, again, 
check out Fargo, check out uh, People vs. O.J. Simpson, you know, between now and the time the Emmys uh, come out, so that uh, you can have an opinion on what you think is the best show, and we're looking forward to our um, album and song review show um, right at the top of October. Uh, So yeah, that's going to do it for me this week. Um, This has been the South Congress Fan by Fan Show. I am Cameron. Oh, dude, yeah. And I ain't Ron Reagan. I ain't saying you should say no. I'm saying take it. You got a pass to the high. Open your eyes, see this grass is fly. I think I'm Malcolm Little. I think I'm Du Bois. Think I'm Vonnegut. I'm the new Floyd. Think I am the leader. Think I'm other people. Goddamn, I'm a black superhero. I'm a black superhero. I'm a black superhero. If you enjoyed this week's South Congress podcast, take a second to give us a review and rating. Whether it be on iTunes, Stitcher, Satchel Player, or any other podcasting format. The more reviews and ratings we get, the easier it is for new listeners to find the show. Thanks for listening. And yo, tell somebody to tell somebody. To tell somebody to tell somebody. Yeah.